We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. I saw you post on Instagram that you were excited to record another podcast. And I am. Did did anybody give you feedback on what they want? Yes. Somebody told me to talk about my amazing husband. And that was Sam. Um, And then another, another person told me that our episode eight helped her. She learned a lot. thought that was very sweet of her for sharing that. Over the last several weeks, you've taken some trips. Yes. And so you kind of, you guys, you, Sam just got away. I mean, you just took some time as a family and, and kind of, I guess, rebooted yourself and, and <laughs> yeah. how, how was that? Was that a good experience for you? Yeah. So we, um, it was really great. We waited until after, um, Evan's celebration, because that was just planning. I mean, it was a month after he passed, but it felt like shorter or longer, however you want to look at it. And time doesn't really, isn't relevant when a a child passes or like a loved one. So Sam booked Seattle, didn't tell me, just booked it and said, and I didn't know until I talked to my mom and mom's like, oh no, you guys are going somewhere. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, Sam didn't tell you. I was like, no. And he was like, we are going to a place you've never been before. And I was like, is it warm or is it cold? And he was like, it gets a little chilly. And I was like, we had found out it was Seattle. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And then I was like, doesn't it rain a lot in Seattle? And I'm like thinking in my head, like, what are we going to do in Seattle? I don't know anything about Seattle. Like, all I know is that it rains and it's cold. But our, one of our nurses was from Seattle and she was telling us everything to do and what to do. And we got there and did all the touristy things in two and a half days because we were there. We left here on Tuesday. We came back Friday and it takes like six hours to get there. So you have to like from Oklahoma City, you got to fly into another airport and then that airport into um, Seattle. But it was fun. We we saw everything we wanted to see. Um, and it's beautiful. It is a beautiful city. Just looking at it, the mountains in the background and the ocean or the bay, it was apps. The weather was absolutely perfect. It was like 60 degrees most of the time, sometimes in the fifties, it sprinkled the last day we were there. And, but I wouldn't complain about any of it. We did. If you ever go there, you should do a city pass. It, we bought it online. It's like half the price if you do all the like excursions that they have on there. So we saw the two museums that they had on exhibits. Um, we saw the Space Needle. Um, we ate oysters for the first time. Um, we knew nothing about oysters. So we let the waiter pick them out. I mean, I wouldn't have known regardless. And they're pretty good. We had a, I had a lot of clam chowder while I was there. It was so yummy. We went to a game, a baseball game while we were there. I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. We crammed a lot of stuff in, so we didn't have a lot of downtime. And right before we were leaving, not right before, a couple of days, it was probably like Sunday. So Evan's celebration was Saturday. Sunday, Sam asked me, or maybe Monday morning, asked me if I would get Evan's rumble from... The funeral home, because when we, when Evan was, I don't want to say taken, when he was, when he left our house to go to the funeral home, we had him in a shirt and a blanket and his favorite stuffed animal, which was Rumble, who, which he's had since he was one. And I was thinking that Sam wanted it for our beach trip that was coming like shortly after. So it's Monday night and I'm packing and Sam's like, so did you get the Rumble? And I was like, huh? And he's like, you didn't get it, did you? And I'm like, I misunderstood. I thought you meant it for the beach trip. So I was going to get it when we got back. But if you want it, I'll go get it. And of course, he's like, no, you don't have to get it. It's like 930. So I text the funeral home director and I'm like, I am so sorry. It's like, are you at the funeral home by any chance? He's like, yeah, I'll be up here pretty late tonight. Why, what's up? And I was like, 
can I get Evan's rumble? And he was like, absolutely. So I got in the car, drove the half an hour there, half an hour back. And Sam was like, where'd you go? And I was like, I got rumble. And we were going to take pictures every place we go because now we have rumble. So that was like our new thing was like bringing Evan with us and doing adventures with rumble. And it's actually really funny. So the rumble part of it, um, I am a little obsessed with rumble. Um, I, my, <clears throat> Sam's aunt works for the Thunder and for community relations. And she knows like how much, like I would stand in line with six-year-olds to get a t-shirt signed. Like I know that weird, I just, I don't know why. I think he's like the cutest thing ever. And he oh. brings so much joy into that state, into that arena. He, they do so much more stuff outside of basketball that it's just like this light of, I don't know, he just brings this, like when you see him, you can't help but just smile unless like you're terrified, <gasps> but I'm not. And I, like, I enjoy him. And um, when Evan was really sick, Christine talked to him about coming over to visit Evan. His like rumble has been his sidekick, that little doll that his uh, Sam's aunt got him since he was one. He's always been underneath Evan's arm. So they set up a time. I didn't know. And Rumble came. Well, Rumble also came before to our rehearsal dinner. And like when I'm at games, I like not secretly because I don't do it secretly at all. But I look for him. Like I track him. I'm like, if he had a tracker on him, I probably would know where it's like. It's really weird. It's like really embarrassing that I'm even saying this. So for Evan's um, celebration, Rumble came out and he was so sweet. He spent time with each and every special needs child, just like he did with Evan at our house and just sat there and absorbed it and soaked it in and let families know how important their little babies were. And it was, and it has been, it always has been just this, this light, this joy. So I bring Rumble with us now uh, before he, he always came with us. Like, I was even thinking like when we went to doctor's appointment, Rumble still went with us. Like it was, how it started was Evan needed something underneath his arm to open up his chest so he could breathe be be better. And Rumble was like the perfect fit. I don't know. I just, like I said, I had this like weird, cute, not like creepy obsession with Rumble. Like it's, very loving, very, and just like him as a person who I don't know him. I give him a lot of props for doing what he does. And like, he isn't just a mascot. He is bringing a lot of joy to people. And I think he, hopefully he knows that. I don't know. So anyway, so we brought Rumble with us um, and I was tagging him and all of our stuff, all of it. And then I was realizing I posted on Facebook on Evan's page, wait, wait to see the updates. Well, I was putting on Instagram and it was going to my, to my Facebook and going on my stories, but not on Evan's. So Sam was like, you know, all these people are waiting for your rumble updates. And I was like, what? And um, we were at, I like tried to figure it out. It wouldn't happen. So like, I just made a post and put it on there. It was like a day or two later after everything happened. But at the most part, I was like updating on my storyline like when it was happening so people could follow us throughout our journey of like being in Seattle and how much fun we were having and like we never slept so and like Seattle too I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or because they're Pacific Coast or what but like things didn't open to like nine o'clock so breakfast places like weren't open at seven when we were waking up they were open at like eight or nine and then, so we would like get coffee, we'd walk around, then we'd get breakfast, we'd walk around more. And like, by that time, it's like dinner time, our time. So it's like, oh, I want to try all this food. It was just, the food was amazing. Everything was amazing. Like we did so much stuff and I'm glad that we, and I think, cause I had rumble, I was making cautious choices to like take pictures of what we were doing so that I could record them. Um, and I'm, I'm, I wasn't like taking pictures the whole entire day of like, I don't know, I, I would take a picture and then put my phone down. So I wasn't on social, I was trying not to be on social media the whole time we were there either. So when we were there, my mom 
called on like Thursday saying that my sister-in-law had taken Ryan to go see Sam's side of the family because they were doing a celebration for his mom that passed away because it was her birthday. And she made a comment joking being like, they broke him. He didn't sleep at all last night. They broke him. Like, <laughs> what'd they do to my kid? He's, he was so good on Wednesday and now he's just a hot mess. So we didn't really hear much about it anymore. And then Friday morning, I wake up to like four missed calls from the doctor's office. And I was like, what? So I called them back and they're like, oh yeah, I know we were trying to reach grandma. His COVID test came back negative. And I said, COVID test? I said, what are you, like, what? They're like, uh, grandma took, brought him in this morning. So I was like, oh, okay. And I called my mom and I'm like, hey, you want to tell me what's going on? She's like, what do you mean? I said, you brought him to the doctor? She's like, yeah, he's just like a little fussy, but I know better, like, it's Friday, take him in now, because if not, you're going to take him to the ER when you get home, and we don't want that, so I was like, well, did they do a viral panel? Like, I'm, like, asking her all these questions. She's like, I don't know, Lauren. They came to the car. They wouldn't even let me in. They just came to the car. They swabbed him. They listened to him. They checked his ears, so this is, like, not even a week after Evan's celebration, so I'm like, okay, we're going to come home to a cranky baby. Like, in my head, I'm, like, preparing myself, and it's always in the back of my head when, and this was Ryan's like first sickness. I don't know, that, that fear of like, where is this gonna land us? Like what like what is this look like? We've never had a typical child in a sense ever get sick. We've only had a child with a terminal illness get sick, and that usually ended up at some hospital. So it's like I think that anxiety for Sam and I, Sam was like, should I get get an earlier flight out? It's like He'll be fine. Just, like, we're fine over here. Just breathe. And I'm like telling myself, just breathe. It's nothing. It's nothing. So we are waiting on our airplane from Seattle. The doctor calls and says, so, and my mom had called and said, the doctor called, says he's fine. He doesn't have a viral, anything viral. And nothing viral showed up yet is what she said. So I get a phone call from the doctor again. And it's like, so. Ryan's viral panel came back and it's showing, I said, let me guess, RSV. And she, he's like, how'd you know? And I was like, because everybody has RSV right now. And he was like, are you familiar with RSV? And I was like, I mean, I know what it is. And he goes, well, do you like, do you know what the symptoms and what to look for? And I was like, well, it's respiratory. So like problems, breathing, shortness of breath, like not eating high uh, fevers, like not being able to consult. I'm like, I, yeah, I know the gist of it. And he goes, he goes, whoa, have you ever dealt with a child with RSV before? And I said, was like, no, but I had a medically fragile, and this doctor doesn't know me. So I'm like, no, but I had a, had a medically fragile child. And I guess he like looked in the chart and was like, oh, oh, I am so sorry. And I guess they had like put in there that he was deceased, but I was like, I was just kind of like, uh, it's okay. And he's like, uh, okay, well, I'll call grandma. And I was like, okay. And I called my mom. I text my mom, like, doctor's about to call you. Ryan has RSV. And I guess, like, he was telling my mom that, like, he didn't read our chart before. And he felt bad, like, not giving me, not that I felt that he was not giving me the, the respect, I guess, of, like, what he thought I should have had. But I think he was like making sure I knew what to do at home for him. And then when he realized like that I had Evan, he was like, oh, and then realized that he had passed. I think it just, I don't know. He was just, he was very sweet about it, but caught me off guard a little bit. So we got home and we got home Friday. My mom left Saturday and then we left for the beach on Thursday. And that was... So much fun. And I got him checked before, Ryan checked before we left. He had a double ear infection. They said he wasn't contagious anymore because he didn't have any fever and we weren't, he wasn't act. he never acted sick. Like, I mean, like he seemed a little bit out into the weather, but not like crying or like grabbing his ears. He was never, I don't know, a good sick baby, I guess. And slept, not all the time, but he did sleep, still took naps. I call it a win, considering what we used to go through. And um, we went to the beach and 
he slept the whole way, both flights. We get there um, on Thursday. Sam and I picked up just a place to eat off the highway. And then we went to our house that was gracious, graciously given to us by a friend. It was her parents' rental property. So we had to stay there a week. Um, and because it was given to us, Sam thought it would be nice to bring Hannah and Nicole and their families with us. So Nicole brought her daughter and her husband. We just piled in a cute, small, cozy beach house of a two-bedroom home and made it work. And it was, we only went there to sleep. We made coffee every morning and sometimes we made uh, sandwiches for the day, but that was about all we did and showered. That's all we did there. Like everything else we did outside, we were on the beach, we were playing, which is, so Friday was the only day that Sam and I got to ourselves with Ryan to just have that time together. I love the beach. That 38th Florida area, um, Rosemary Beach, Seaside, that's like my happy place. I love being there. Um, I used to go there in high school with a family who I adore. I was their nanny for that week. And I feel that Sam and I didn't get that time to like have those releases that we needed because we were one day, but like we got there half a day, like around noon. But by the time we actually like sat, sat in and did everything. And then the next day we had fully to ourselves in the beach. It was gorgeous. And then the next day um, we were fortunate to meet another Minkies family who came to visit us. And we spent all day with them until the girls showed up around three or probably by the time they got to the house, like four or five. So like I spent time with, with Brandy and Leland where Sam took the boys and her husband down to the beach and they played just so we could talk. And just, we had a really good, I feel like a really good conversation. Like I said, I felt like I've known her forever, but I just feel like a lot of us as moms, it's just fight or flight and we all fight. It's like, there's no question if we're going to fight, like we're showing up, tell me what to do. I will do anything. You told me, tell me to move that mountain. You give me a couple of days. Um, I'll, I'll figure out how to move that mountain. Like you, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Um, you want me to raise money? Okay. How much? You know what? We're go, we'll go over that just to make sure we hit all of our bases. Like you don't question a mom and like that mom that can't will find somebody that will. And then it'll become to a point where that mom goes, you know what? That mountain can be moved tomorrow. More importantly right now, it's what's in front of me. We, everybody's walk is different. And it is. Everyone grieves differently. Everyone looks at things differently. When I say grieve, I don't mean just the loss of your child. I mean, from the day of diagnosis to the day you figure out something's wrong to the end of your own life of like what that looks like. Everyone's journey is different, yet we're on the same path. Um, it's just a little wide because you cross over. Um, but so for Florida, I know I totally got off on the wrong spot. So um, um, I got to hold little Leland. He's not so little, um, which I struggled at first with. Um, I was having some allergy issues and I didn't definitely did not want to get him sick. Um, but Brandy insisted on me holding him and I put a mask on, washed my hands and I got to hold him. And at first it's one of those bittersweet where it's like, I held him because I knew that if they left and I didn't hold him, I would, I don't know when I would see them. Again. So I didn't want to miss that opportunity on my child knowing that Evan's not with us. But then I had that heart wrench of like, I don't know, my child was the last child that I held. Like, if that makes any sense. So it was a back and forth and, and but I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad, you know, I got to see him and I got to spend so much time with him. He wasn't feeling great. And Brandy kept saying he didn't feel great. And even her boys were saying, her older boys were saying like that he wasn't feeling well. So they gave him medication. And by the time they got home, he was all smiles. And I'm like, cause I'm like, I don't know what you mean. He's not doing great. He's like, I can find him eating. And she was like, no, he's usually more smiles. And she's like, sends me pictures. Of course, he's like bright eyed. And 
eyes opened and so but I'm glad that they came and then when the girls showed up we got to do a lot of fun things um, mostly beach Hannah and Sam had talked about getting tattoos for Evan like I don't know even before Evan passed and then Reese it was like maybe a week after Evan passed somebody had brought up tattoos again and I was like and I know that I wanted to get one for Evan I just didn't know what and Hannah was pretty set on what she was going to get. She was going to get CU for copper because that's the element um, for copper and then CU later. And she was going to get it on her forearm. She kind of, she, she knew, she knew what she was going to get. And I guess I just like never really thought about it. And our other nurse, Nicole, was like, I'm just going to get the same thing Hannah's going to get. So it'll just be matching for, for us. And then Hannah calls the tattoo parlor and finally finds one that will do all of us. And she puts down like a $300 deposit. And I'm like, why did you put a deposit down? She's like, well, we needed to hold a spot. And I was like, okay. So I got a tattoo when I was 18. It is hidden. It's covered. Like I went into the tattoo parlor and just told them I wanted where I wanted it. And I got it done. Like it may have costed me $50. Like not a big deal. And I, she's like, Lauren, and how many years ago was that? I'm like, Oh gosh, like that was a while ago. She was like, yeah, prices of tattoos have gone up and now there's like a demand. So like you have to have an appointment, especially if you want to get like the right person. And she's like, you know, I did research. This is the guy we really want. This is the guy we don't want. So she set up this whole thing and it's like two days before we're getting our tattoos. And I was like, Sam, I know she put money down, but like, I'm really nervous. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like, I know I want a tattoo for Evan. I just really don't know what I want. I just I'm getting really torn by this. He's like, you don't need to get a tattoo, Lauren. I'm like, but if everyone's getting a tattoo, I'm getting a tattoo. Like it was like, I'm getting a tattoo. So the next day or that next morning, Sam goes and tells Hannah, I'm like, Lauren's freaking out about this tattoo, which I wasn't freaking out, but I wasn't like super excited like she was. And I come out for coffee. She's like, so. I heard you're, you're having a little doubts on this tattoo. So let's talk about it. And I was like, oh gosh, Anna. And she's like, no, 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 no. You're going to get a tattoo. We just, let's, let's talk about it. So she's like, what do you see yourself getting? And I was like, I don't know. And she's, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what your CU later is going to look like. Maybe that's cute. Like go back and forth. I am literally in the car, still not knowing as we're going to this place. So it's been over a day, not knowing what I'm going to get. And Sam was like, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get the good job by you in my handwriting. Like, this is what I'm getting. And I get there and I'm like, I look at this tattoo artist and I'm like, okay. So I don't know what I want. And he just looks at me and rolls his eyes. And I'm like, I know. I said, I think I want blackbirds. And he kind of does this like eye roll. And I was like, okay. And I even said, okay, time out. I said, the reason why I'm getting this is my son passed away like a month ago. I said, Anna, the blonde hair girl out there all wants us to get tattoos. We've all talked about it. But now I'm like, it's actually go time. I don't know what I want. And I said, our things were like, blackbirds are significant to me because when Sam's mom died, like I played black, she liked the Beatles. I played blackbird every night when Evan was in my stomach. And I said, that's the only song that would ever calm him down. He could be ballistic and I would play it. And within two times of that song, he would calm down. And like, same thing for Ryan. I play it for Ryan and he calms down. It's my magic song. And like, because he passed, like I want the blackbirds or like one of them flying away. And he was like, everyone just does blackbirds. And I was like, okay, well then you tell me like, Mr. Artsy, pants like what do you want to put on me he's like we don't have enough time like we should have been talking about this on like this weekend when you guys had like signed up for this like I could have designed some things I go well my other thing is choose joy I said but I, I don't like the choose joy that I've seen like a lot of them like have like joy really big and choose like written on the joy it just I don't like I, just, I don't really know if I want this so we go through it and I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to get Choose Joy. So he like, we find a font, he's about to print it out. And then I go, wait, can we add Blackbirds to that? 
And he just smiles. He goes, yeah, we can add blackbirds. So he adds um, three blackbirds sitting on the Y. You see it? Sitting on the Y and then one of them flying away. So they're all looking at Evan flying away. So it's Sam, Ryan, and me on the Choose Joy. So it's one of these, like, I don't know. I wanted it to be significant to Evan, but I didn't want to get, like, six different tattoos of Evan. So I all wrapped it up in one, which was, like, that was our big moment because I was doing so good throughout most of our trip. I mean, I cried every day, but, like, I didn't have that, like, big release. But even when I was getting my tattoo, I didn't cry. It was, like, this, like, overwhelming of, like, peace with it. I don't know why I would still do this, right? But... <laughs> But it was like, it was very nice that we like all got to do it and like all, I don't know, it was, it was sweet that the girls wanted to do that and that, that I don't, I don't see Sam and I looking at each other on a Saturday being like, hey, let's go get those tattoos. Like, I love, I actually love that story. There is something truly special about that story. But it was like one of my, I just, I think, cause it all kind of came together when they put it on my arm, I'm kept saying to Sam, like, you think it's too big? You think it's too big? My other one's like, is like maybe three inches and it's a Christian fish and it's on my head. So like nobody sees it but me. I don't know. I was like, is it too big? Like I can't like cover it when I'm wearing sleeve, like short sleeves, I can't cover it. And then I was thinking to myself, like, why would I want to cover it? Like, it's a reminder to myself, not a reminder that Evan's gone. It's like, I don't need a reminder. I don't need to see it to know it. But it's a reminder to continue choosing joy during those times where I'm so hurt or crying or like something's happened like you would be surprised what people have said to me since I've been passed that I'm just like normally would have just shaken it off and now I'm like you know what no I don't have no I don't have the compatibility for people who like you know make comments about Sam taking time off of work what do you mean he's taking time off of work like well I wish that I had their job it's like do I, do I need to remind you again? Evan just, it hasn't even been two months. Right. And I like, I like, and a part of me is like, it hasn't even been two months. And other people are going, well, it's almost been, two, like in their head, they're like, well, it's almost been two months. Like kind of like get back into a group of things, which we are. But like my big time that I have is when I'm by myself, like this is therapeutic for me because like when I'm by myself as a mom, period, I think we all get in, get into our heads of like, oh my goodness, it's already this time and I haven't done X, Y, and Z and I still have A, B, C, and F to do. And like, where's the day going to be? And like, did he watch too much TV today? Has he been on the ground enough? Like, has he taken his naps today? Have I fed him? Like, have we gone on a walk? Is it bad that we didn't go for a walk today? Like, all these things go through and then all of a sudden, so on top of that, guilt the Evan comes in, which I cry about not because it's like all the emotions. I cry because I'm sad, but I'm not overly sad where I can't live my life in joy. I miss him. And I'm not going to pretend that I don't, but I'm also not going to be guilty or feeling good or feeling okay or where my life is at. And I think if I can share anything would be, I think a lot of families that lose children show the grief and show the crying and show this like raw emotion which is good but sometimes very hard for people to see which it is and I get that but I think as a mom who's lost a child it's easy to get sucked into that grief of I lost Evan my life is swirling like and then when that good moment comes you miss it because you're so overwhelmed with that grief at that moment instead of you know seeing a beautiful gift that's in front of you like a brother and knowing that it's okay for him to see you cry 
but it's not okay for you not to be able to breathe. Like, he needs to know that they come in waves. One moment, I'll be crying in the moment. For the next, I don't know, six hours, I'll be happy. Like, it's okay to have those releases, but it's not okay to sit in my room for days on end and not want to do anything because my child's not here. That wasn't my choice. I didn't do anything to do that. Um, yes, it's sad. Um, I miss him dearly, but we talk about him often. Like I said, I see Instagram and Facebook sometimes are the worst because it's like, I get stuck in listening or watching these people going through their grief. Like I had that mom guilt of when something good's happening. Evan doesn't just sprinkle a little bit in there and I go, well, this kind of sucks and I don't get to share this with Evan. But then I quickly go, no, it's enduring this moment. I'm going to appreciate it for what it is. And then later when I'm sitting on the toilet, going to the bathroom, I can have my moment where I cry my eyes out because something was said or something was done where it stung and then we can move forward. I just, I think that we don't talk enough about how it's okay to still enjoy life after, and I, I know I'm so fresh in my journey after this, but like, there's just so much joy to the world. And I just don't feel like God would want me to sorrow over something that was beautifully written for Evan. Even though it doesn't feel beautifully written to me, but. Do you feel like it's a constant battle of you trying to defend, I'm sad now, I can be happy now, or do you feel like the world is okay with you just being you at this point? Um, I guess the relationships and how, I mean, obviously you were surrounding yourself with the right people at the right time. Um, but I'm wondering if you feel some of those pressures of people just, I don't know, that you're, you're too happy now, or, oh my gosh, she's too sad now, or all of that. I think it's, I'm going to be honest, I feel like it's, it's, it's a very weird feeling of this type of grief. Like it's different from the grief that I was living while he was here. Because now I'm living in a grief with his absence. But I think it's still really, really early because Sam and I have been so busy and we've done that on purpose where it was, you know, it happened. All of our family kind of came together here and there be before the celebration. But then since the celebration, we've been gone. But now that like we're home, it's pretty lonely. There's no nurse coming. There's, which I knew. To answer your question, I don't know yet. I think I'm still too early. So when I asked you about the, the, the pressure that people maybe put on you and kind of that vicious cycle of she's too happy, she's too sad, she's, you know, all of that. It's almost a pressure that you put on yourself in some ways that it's, yeah, it's really something you do as well for yourself. Yeah. And I've been like, and I, and I thought it was weird that I did that. And I went to counseling and she was like, no, she's like, actually you're handling this a lot better than like, She's like, if you're telling me the truth, like you're doing fairly well. And it's like, and I think it's because I've been grieving since he was six months old, even before then that something was wrong. And like people will talk about Sam and our relationship. It's like, but people have have to also understand like the working together through the grief. We've been doing this our whole entire marriage. We did this when his mom passed away. We did this when my dad was diagnosed. We did this when Sam, when Evan you know, was diagnosed and now like through Evan's life and through hospital stays and through, you know, the birth of our second son and then his NICU stay. And then, you know, it's just, seems like a lot of trauma, but with that, it comes with, we know each other so well. We know, you know, when, when to help and when to stop. And, you know, there'll be times where I'll just cry and Sam will look up and he won't do anything. He'll just, especially now before he would like always go, why are you crying? Because it would be so random. But then with Evan, like, um, and knowing there's been a couple of comments or stuff said, where like, people are different in their own grief. And I know that too. And people are grieving because of Evan not being here. Like they're grieving for us. They're, they all knew Evan, even if it was through Facebook. Like I 
open that door and like open that area for people to be a part of that. I did that on purpose. I had, my plan was God had a bigger plan than mine. And if Evan was to be ours, he would be ours, mine and everyone else's. Like I wanted everybody to see Evan as Evan and not Lord and same with a sick child. Like Evan was who Evan was. Do you have any regrets being so open with Evan? No. No. Um, sometimes I wish I was a little bit more. But in other times, no. Because people who wanted to know and that were meaningful in what they asked were always around. That made sense which helped us through our journey. That's why we have Evan's Army. There were some things that I did, we didn't share just because, I don't know, it didn't feel relevant for everybody to know. Like when Evan was declining, we all kind of knew Evan was declining, but like, I'm not gonna post every day that Evan's declining. Here are the reasons why. Like, that's not something that they needed to know because sometimes he'd pop back up. But I just feel like everything that I shared on Facebook, I was very intentional of not just showing the bad. I feel like a lot of people living in grief only see grief instead of the joy. And I was trying to pull myself out of that and not just to see this bag of shit that was given to us. I'm sorry about the language, but like it literally felt like not enough shit was piled on. Tell me about his service. Was it everything? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Amazing. And I was going to say everything you wanted it to be and more. Yes. All of it. Tell us about it. It was, so I've been to children's funerals or celebrations of life, and they have gone anywhere from like a funeral setting of like having a baby casket up in the front of a church where mom and dad have to walk down the middle or they bring the casket in or bring the casket out. And I just, I never wanted that. And some people do, and some people don't know that they have an option. Um, we've been to some celebrations where they waited two, three weeks before doing them. And when we found out we didn't have to do it right away, that was immediate to Sam and I. We're like, whenever Evan passes, we want at least a month to like have some time to ourselves, figure it out, talk about it, you know. So um, our whole goal was to celebrate Evan and we did everything we possibly could. So people are asking if we wanted flowers. So the funeral home we did, we went through is absolutely amazing. They help with children under the age, it used to be 12, I want to say it might be 18 now, for um, children that have passed away. And they help with cremational stuff and the burials if you want them. They don't have a cemetery, but they can work with some cemeteries that are usually outside of some city limits, like we ended up getting a, a plot by Kate, my mother-in-law, when Evan was three. So we kind of went through this process a little bit earlier, um, which is what I wanted. I wanted to get it done before um, Evan passed just so we didn't have to go to the funeral home. I didn't have to sign paperwork. I didn't have to have any of that. I don't, if people haven't gone through somebody passing, it is, there's a lot that goes into it that I think it has to be done. But at the same time, a family is grieving, and I feel that it's it's not it's not fair that a family is asked to do that the next day or the day of or the week of. Um. So when Evan turned three and was in the hospital, we decided we were going to go talk to the funeral home. They were excellent. Um. They have been following Evan's Facebook account. They were, I mean, they would like stuff, so I know that they actually saw it. It wasn't like, I mean, they were very much around for our adventures and our journey, kind of told them what we wanted. And they were like, how many people do you think are going to come? Same about a hundred. I was thinking at least 250 in my head. And my mom was like, I think like 500 people are coming. So we went through like what we wanted, where we were going to do it. And I just didn't see myself doing it in like an actual church setting, like I was okay with, are you hungry? Like okay with doing it in like an, 
an atrium or like a venue area, but not an actual like chapel. And we go to crossings and had a crossings pastor marry us, but we did not get married. And the, at the church, we got married at Gallardia. Sam was like, before we even started, was like, how do you feel about Gallardia? And I think he was having the same feelings I was that we didn't want it in a traditional place. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, like, what about on their grounds? Like, you know, we got married outside there. Maybe we can do a celebration outside. So we went and saw the church. It just didn't, even though they were offering so many great things, they've never done like a, um, a reception afterwards for a celebration of life or funeral, like no food or anything like that, which were we where we've seen like adult funerals, they usually have like a place where the family can meet and then people can get like water, tea, Coke, a couple of hand stuff, but they weren't even offering that. And they were like, well, we could do whatever you want us to do. And then when we were asking questions, it was kind of a pushback. And I just told Sam like, with this, I don't want any pushback. I don't want anybody to say no to me. Like I want it to be a yes, 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 yes. Like this is like the funeral home director said like, this is your one shot. You can get married again. You can re-say your vows, but this is your one shot to send Evan off. And like, if this is what you want, you know, you're going to have to push if we do it here. And I was like, well, so we went to Gallardia. She was so sweet. I mean, of course we're going to pay a little bit more for it, but like, it was exactly everything that I was hoping yeah. for. We had, and the funeral home was like, so they do a lot of, not just the cemetery, but they'll do the service as well um, with some pictures and like they'll do a slideshow and help orchestrate the whole um, service part. And then they'll have like some decorations for family and some finger food. Sometimes they'll do a dinner, depending on how big it was. But Sam and I felt like with how many people that surround us in our community here, that was unfair for us to ask for them to do. So we kind of opened it up to our, our Facebook and just said, like, if there's anything that you want to donate to this, like, let us know. Not that we were asking, but a lot of people have talents that they wanted to use. And like a lot of people want to give money um, or flowers. And we were trying to like figure out the cost wise of doing this, but not having it like a wedding. I mean, we didn't want it really, really big. So talking to the funeral home, we talked about not doing flowers, but doing balloons. And that was like the best decision we made for a six-year-old. You walked in and like people walked when we were decorating, people were walking for a wedding that was happening like the following day, like at, after Evan's um, service. It was like, oh, is this, is this a birthday party? And you could hear the people like, oh no, it's celebration of life. And they're like, oh. And at one point I was like, but thank you for saying that because that's what I was going for. Like I wanted it to be blown out. And I told Sam, I said, this is going to be a little bit bigger than what we were probably hoping to spend. But like, think of all the birthdays we're not going to be able to celebrate with Evan. And how many people here love Evan and their kids love Evan. And I want to do it for them. Like I want the service to be about Evan but then turn it around and love on those families that have been loving on us from a distance for, for six years who have been there inviting us to birthday parties we haven't been able to attend and, you know, have asked us to dinners where we can't go, but have been continuously asking, like, I wanted to give it back to them and to have this joy. And it was, it was filled with balloon. We did a balloon arch. I had, we, so a girl donated her talent who was amazing at balloons she's like she's like I'm like a um a amateur professional you show me a picture I can do it so I got a bunch of girls together and we went to Gloria the day before and we blew up like a thousand balloons packets and packets and packets of balloons and um, we had all of these um concentrators going those air compressors going to blow them up somebody tying them off She's putting them together. She's showing us how to put them together. We have an arch done, a huge arch done in like less than an hour, maybe an hour and a half. 
We have Gloria actually coming up to like hook it up. We have live music for the event. Um, a friend of ours, two friends of ours, um, they work at Crossings. They're actually personal friends of ours. They decided that they were going to sing for us. And I don't know. It was just like we knew that kids would talk during it. And we were okay with that. Like we, we encouraged kids to come because when you talk about celebration of life and funerals, kids, it's usually shunned upon that kids show up because they're going to be a distraction of what's going on. And our whole thing was, it's not a distraction. It's life. It's all life. So they had, we had, so after the service, which was beautifully done, um, Sam spoke, um, which he was amazing. I am so proud to call him my husband. Like he is, oh, I'm crying just thinking about it. He was, he did an absolutely amazing job. Um, and then my Bible study leader, Kim spoke and she did an amazing job. Like everything, the music was perfect. Even the funeral director's wife spoke and everything she talked about was Disney related. She did an amazing job. So right afterwards, the service was over. They, we did a prayer and then right when we, oh, like our eyes opened, they had bubbles going and um, we had Rumble come to his celebration and the two um, Disney princesses um, on an Elsa came and we had a bounce house in the front of Gloria and we had an ice cream truck and we had um, a friend of ours who always does Evan's cakes um, do dinosaur cookies and um, cake pops and we had like vegetable trays and um, Sam wanted a, a bar for families to stay because we figured like, you know, we didn't want it to be like an hour long. We wanted it to be a little bit longer so people would like actually stick around and let their kids bounce in the bounce house. We had a face painter who also did balloon art, who did tattoos. It was just like kids were running up and down the hallway. Like everyone was gig All the kids were giggling outside. It was just like the day, the actual day was beautiful. It was like perfect. It was really like, I could never have asked for a better day. It was absolutely, not that I ever wanted to do it, but if I had a day, I wouldn't change one thing that happened that day. Nothing went wrong that I knew. I mean, nothing went wrong. It was perfect. Absolutely perfect. It was exactly how it was supposed to be. Um, and I kept like, Sam was like, well, what about this? What about I'm like, you know what? I said, I'm not worried about it. I said, God will provide these things like the balloons. Somebody had said that they wanted to do balloons. They knew Sam's, they were an aunt of one of Sam's like best friends from elementary or like grade school that he like, and we know, I, I know, I, we, I know his wife, like it was, so it was like the community that we have is just so amazing that I just was like, whoever wants to can and whoever doesn't, it's okay. Like the whole thing was, was, to love on these families and these families to love on us and us to have this opportunity to, to do. I just wish we had more time to like talk to everybody and hug everybody. And like, you know, with COVID and everything, I didn't want Ryan up there until the, so the service was over. I wanted him there for the celebration just so like he could be outside with my mom. It could not have been, seriously, could not have been any better. Not that I would ever want to, but if I had to, I would replay that day again and again. I mean, it was just beautiful. Every Everything about it was beautiful. So this is a big month. Oh my gosh, yes. It's his birthday. Are you, yeah. have you thought through nope. any of that? No, I brought it up with Sam and he um, was like, well, didn't we just do a celebration? That was like all of his birthdays wrapped into one. And I was like, well, yeah, but like we still celebrate his birthdays were big milestones. Um, and now this is a milestone he won't be here for. It'll be the first milestone he won't be here for. And that's hard. I don't know. I feel like we'll probably just do something small. We haven't even gotten his ashes back yet from the funeral home. And um, not that we're, I'm in a hurry for him. We have a plot at the cemetery. And we are talking about, too, like, when we want to do that. Do we want to wait for a headstone to be placed before we put his ashes in there? Um, and do it all at once. Do we want families and friends to be able to be invited to that? And it's like, 
that's not my thing. And I'm my, what I want is for Evan to be home and a part of him, we, we had discussed about half of it coming home and then half of it being buried so that there is a spot for Evan for people who need to go or want to go to the funeral or to the cemetery that they can and see Evan and we'll be in the house so that we can talk about him constantly and for whenever we need to, like, I don't know. I, he's not in my head. He's not there anyways. So, but it's, a, it's in our, in our head and our process, it's, we don't, I don't know, just one day at a time. I looked at the, the calendar on Tuesday and I'm like, oh, it's two weeks away. Like, I mean, I've been in full birthday mode and it's weird not doing that this time, but it's kind of like relieving as well of like, I don't know. Yeah. Really, relief. Uh, see, this is where I go like, relief just doesn't sound like the right word. It's it's a very weird grief where it's like, I don't know. I just, I am where I am right now and I have to be okay with that. And, you know, I, do I think people judge me? I think I judge myself. I think I judge myself on how I talk about it, where I show myself, um, I've been letting people in, but like I haven't been super vocal on Facebook because I feel like when I talk about it, like I try not to be boohoo crying all the time because that's not how I feel. But I'd also don't want to like crowd around either because I'm not, that's not how I feel either. It's just like weird. Like you're in the that wave pool where it's like, like everything, like you can stand, but you're still kind of getting washed both ways. Like, I don't, I want people to know that there's still life after death. And I know maybe I'm telling myself that too. And I think that this is helping me reiterate and like my tattoo and like, it is hard. This is a hard walk. And I always said, I never, ever, ever wanted to be part of this club, but here we are. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405 271 5072.